0: This is Jacob Young. Many of you have followed my career on television and in movies for the past 20 years. As Jacob Young the actor, the characters I've played have had mountains of problems to overcome. Let's face it, nobody's life is perfect. And in real life, I've also had my fair share of challenges to face. This podcast series sponsored by Boys Town is a place to hear some of my famous friends talk about the issues that they've had to face and how they've jumped over those hurdles on a pathway to a healthy mental outlook. It's time to keep it real with Real Conversations with Jacob Young. special guest for you this week. Now you've seen her in literally hundreds of magazines and commercials. She's been in movies and on TV, and in Comedy Central's Viva Variety. She was born in Israel, where she got her start as a ballerina at a young age, before being drafted into the Israeli military. Now she lives in New York City now, She's also a producer, a writer, and she's even a countess. My special guest this week is Mira Sur. She's here to tell us all about her fascinating life and her new book, Anonymously Famous. You know what time it is. Time to keep it real with Real Conversations with Jacob Young, sponsored by Boys Town, brought to you this week by Pasta Snacks and Broadwood Media. Mira, welcome to the show. Hi there. Hi. You look oh my- beautiful. Beautiful.
1: With an introduction like that, what else can I say?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're so happy. I'm so happy to have you on this week's podcast. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming on. To quote the title of your book, you are an anonymously famous face to so many of us from more than 20 years in front of the camera. You've had a diverse range of experiences, which make you truly unique, and one of them I'm pretty sure when I say this, um, there aren't many women who have gone from ballerina to military. And after beginning your career in the, the world of ballet, you were drafted into the Israeli Defense Force as a counterintelligence officer. I got to say, I'm a little bit scared right now. <laughs> what, is that, what does that position entail?
1: You're so sweet. Well, um, it's mandatory in my country, so it wasn't really a choice, especially not being a ballerina. The last thing I wanted to do was join the military and uh, cut short my um, professional uh, training. Having said that, um, and back in the days, it was the golf war, and um, uh, I was drafted, you know, girls do two years and guys do three years, and training was very intense. Um, However, because of the war, I uh, was able to um, work kind of like a different schedule and I was also dancing in Bacheva Dance Company back in the day. So um I served as a counter intelligence officer, which meant translating a lot of information from uh Hebrew and Arabic. And um uh, yeah, it was a very interesting time. But um
0: I'm sure. I'm sure it was very interesting. I have to say a little story because I was spending some time in the Hamptons when I lived in New York. I'd go up to the Hamptons on the weekends. I rented this little place and I got to know some, some folks while I was hanging out that summer, those few summers I was there. And one evening I was probably three or four sheets into the wind with too many cocktails in my, in my system. And I ended up uh, talking to this Israeli, you know, military kid. And I was like, look, I was a, you know, I was a state champion wrestler. And I, you know, I'm, you know, I was, you know, I, I was welcome to many different colleges. I didn't end up going to college, but uh, freestyle and Greco-Roman champion. And we started talking, he was like, well, you know, the Israeli military has some of the best hand-to-hand combat, you know, hands down. I was like, yeah, I'd like to see that. Well, anyway, we ended up wrestling <laughs> like young idiots do, you know, in the middle of a party. And, um, I gotta say he kicked my butt twice. And it was, it was moves that I did not know because I, you know, I was trained traditionally and this was like hand-to-hand combat, but, uh, but yeah.
1: It's basically, like, yeah, yeah. 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 really deadly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Seriously deadly.
1: But the two weeks was very intense. You know, you wake up at 4am, it's like J.I. Jane basically. And um, there's no, there's no shortcuts. So everybody go through that. And after that you, um, uh, geared towards whatever position you get. Some Serve far from home, some served closer, but it could be more uh intelligent or uh, office based and yeah. because of the uh wartime, there was no really break so if before that I, I when I got to the army basically i I was able to be doing my dancing because I was still having um all kinds of scholarship and letters from the dance company, so I was able to do a couple times a week and keep it very secretive and uh, and um work night shifts but as the war started there was just no no place for that and all of a sudden I'm I'm guarding I'm cleaning bathrooms I'm <laughs> doing all kinds of things that I would not do if the war was not uh, on so yeah it was a tough time but I left Israel right after the military so that was kind of that must
0: have been it must have been incredibly interesting it's like um I mean, I can't compare to anything that I've done in my life, other than when I was doing Broadway and when I was doing TV at the same time, I was shooting seven episodes of All My Children. And then I go to the Broadway stage that night. And I, I was just like, the big yin and the yang. It was like, I was, yeah. I was constantly like being driven in two different directions. Um, but obviously this was a totally different experience. To it's
1: myself. not really different, I feel, I feel, I've always been living almost like a double life. I have this polarity, maybe because I'm a Gemini or maybe because I'm always in two places, whether it's two countries, to people, to uh, personalities, it's something about it is the duality is always present in my life and it's the decisions, like if I have something very strong, there's always something to back it up. It's always agonist antagonist in everything I do. So I'm, I don't know different. I never saw one thing uh, clear. It's always two uh, times. Those t- of
0: me. you who don't know anything about astrology, which you probably do, <laughs> most of you out there, but the Gemini is the sign of the twins, which always... <laughs> oh, been-
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes one. quadruple, but yeah, like <laughs> twins
0: <laughs> the twins. Um, tell us a life lesson though that you did learn from your experience and your time in the military.
1: Uh, well, I can tell you life lessons from, for other people, not for me, because for me, uh, well, okay, I'll say that no, mo- most of the time, when you're 18 and you go to the army, it's the best thing that happened to you because you really don't know what you want to do at that age. So the army kind of gives you uh, almost like vocational choices it 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 does you do all the testing and you realize what works for you or doesn't work for you and what talents you have so it's a little bit of um um it just it's like a platform for life like what you want to actually do instead of like here in america you just go to the to college and i mean you go to college and you basically um have to figure yourself what you're good at but with the testing it helps the country help you out figure out your Identity in a way. Yeah. For me personally, I knew what I wanted to do, and back then, the the dancing you could you can't put it on the shelf for two years like you like now in COVID and come back to it two years later and say, "Whoopie, let's go back to stage and you know let's do another kickball change." It's 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 hard, right? So uh, for me, it was a little bit tougher. Even though I still have, I'm still happy I did it. I would not want to go back. No, yeah, know that I haven't done it, so nobody can say, "Oh, she never did the army." but it's,
0: each his own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, let's, sh- let's, let's get out of the trenches of the military okay. for a second and let's talk a little bit about, you know, cause I've had the, I've gone to Monaco. Oh, <laughs> oh that crappy little place. Uh, <laughs> I've been out there for the world music awards. I've been out there for the TV film festival, the golden nymph Awards several times. And I've had the honor of meeting Prince Albert and princess Charlene and you know, wined and dined. And, um, you know, you've uh, you've also spent some time out there. Obviously, you performed in Monte Carlo. You you at the famous Les Boutin Club. Uh, I don't know why I always go into a French accent when I see the word lay, but I just do. It automatically happens. Uh, yes. Who are Who are some of the famous dignitaries? that you've entertained from around yeah,
1: the world. so it was, this, it started on summer 1995, actually, Oh now I'm aging myself, but again, because I want to make sure that it's relevant, the names that I'm going to throw. So I auditioned for them twice in New York, you know, as being a musical theater dancer in New York. Uh, when I came here, I fasting forward. I auditioned for uh, the sporting club, you know, two years in a row. And I, I guess I was a little too short because they, they always wanted, there were two kinds, there were, the sport the uh, showgirls and the dancers i was a dancer not a showgirl showgirls are completely different um, and uh the second time when i got when i got in i from june until uh, end of october we worked in uh, the sporting club obviously you become kind of like a a citizen uh, a resident and you get to work with okay for me it was liza manelli julio Iglesias, elton john uh, Joe Coker, um, uh, Sean Connery, um, Paul Anke, uh, I'm wow. worried. I mean, you name it. So what happened when I said work with them, they came for the weekend to do the concert. So during the week we had hundred years of cinema, which was just all kind of re- review of different, uh, um, you know, a d- dance dense tune and, and musicals and then uh, and all kinds of different movies. And in the weekend, it was their concert. So we used to, we worked on a new number and you gotta, the, the turnaround is very fast because if Joe Coker comes and you only have like three concerts, you gotta like basically learn the whole routine in a, in a matter of like 24 or 48 hours. So it was intense, it was great and of course, when you're down with your um, opening or your concert, what are you going to do? You're just going to take the speedboat and go to Saint-Tropez or... <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> was just, I mean, I'm behind with the queen yes. and the kings and the, just the royalty of the world. And it was amazing. And and then you have the um, uh, the Red Cross event, which is in the, mid- in the middle of the summer. And everybody's coming. And, you know, back then I was so young. It's like you're so you get so excited because here you're working with these people. Like I'm hanging with glasses the whole, like the whole weekend. And by Monday he leaves and I don't have his number. I'm like, this, this was like a, it was like a fantasy. It was like, okay, done. Next. And like, you keep hanging with all these people every weekend and comes the week, It's just uh, back to back to one. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating.
0: No, it is. It's fascinating <laughs> out there. I've, I've always, I've, I've always enjoyed my time out there. The, the people that I've met, uh i the very first time i was out there was all but 18 years old and i was i was flown out there i'd never left the country i'd never been out of well i've, I've been to i was in tijuana at one point because i lived in san diego that was the only other country i had been to uh, because we could drink underage while we were there so our far, that's a far story but um but i you know i was suddenly on the bold and beautiful and i was being you know like needs for me to be places and they flew me out to monaco and I, I first class you know the beautiful mercedes picked me up reclining seats the whole massage deal i was like whoa this is crazy um and like after the whole award ceremony there was you know of course the party at uh uh jimmy's jimmy's Eve. yes
1: of course i lived in jimmy's
0: <laughs> and 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 i'm down there and it's like Janet Jackson was, this was like okay we gotta yes. keep in mind this was like 1998 so it was Janet Jackson Ricky Martin Britney Spears had just come out with baby one more time hit me baby one more time yep. she was there bare naked ladies like you know you, all the big acts of, of that year
1: yeah before you so that I know exactly
0: yes know. <laughs> the same timeline <laughs> and so I'm I'm hanging out and I don't know anybody but um uh, I mean, I, I some people I kind of knew a little bit, but I was pretty young. And so this guy, like I was dancing on the dance floor. He's like, he goes, "Hey, man, come over here, come here." And and he goes, um, he goes, "You remind me of my brother." And I was like, "Okay, well, we don't even look anything alike. I'm not quite sure what you mean." He's like, uh, and he's uh, all these like ladies all hanging around him, like I mean, like all sitting next to him, like very like just sitting there. And he goes, "You like any of these ladies?" I was like, um, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> <laughs> And he and I said, well, you know, you know, who are you? I mean, I see this massive, uh, you know, because, you know, back then before the euro was all leveled out. Yeah. like you, know, you know, if you were having a bar service there, it was going to be tens of thousands of dollars. And, and I was like, how, you know, how much did this cost you? And he was the, he was like the second heir to the prince of Afghanistan. And I was just like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> my
0: mind was completely blown um, and he ended up wanting to hang out. He's like, I got to show you my new Cadillac. Like, he was so impressed with his Cadillac. I was like, I'm really more interested in all these Ferraris. Like, no, but the American Cadillac, it's so awesome. Uh, but just, you know, it's just a different, it's a different place. It's a
1: different time and different place. And I mean, just as he speak, as he's saying it, I'm like leaving the memory. It's amazing. And I guess now we can appreciate it so much more because we've been in this equilibrium of like nothingness yeah. than we are reminiscing on all those nostalgic uh, idea. you know, a moment. I think two year a year ago, oh yeah, we were in Monaco. There was a lot of stars. Okay, because we were system like the over sensory um, with everything that was going on. Now that we kind of numb again, it's like oh my god, remember Monaco? <laughs> you, nope. you bring everything to life.
0: It does, it does. It, it, the whole fascination and that that wanting yearning to travel is 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 back for so many people right now. They're just like wanting like, can we just get to some normalcy again one more time? Yeah. Dying like to go back <laughs> for sure. I know that you're so you're very very busy. Um, you know you're always multitasking. But let me ask you something. You know, your book, Anonymously Famous, it's it's not only a guide to becoming a model. Now my wife is a model. She modeled when she was when she was younger. We were when we met in New York. She was modeling, um, but also becoming a model person. Tell us what they can learn from reading your informative book.
1: Well, one thing I can tell you that, as you say, a model person, yeah, because a model is, uh, is an example, right? In the dictionary. So what is an example? Example doesn't have to be only when we are 20 years old. That's actually, you know, it's God's work. But, you know, when you're 40, 50, 60, and, you know, when you're older and you a model of example, that's work of art. That means you put the time into reserve, preserving yourself. So it's almost like if you don't, if, if you stay ready, you don't, you never need to get ready. Um so, having said that, the anonymously famous obviously is an oxymoron. It just basically talk and about people uh that are in the business, and each one of them has a wealth of um wealth amount of work and um a body of work to their name, but there might not be a household name so this is a book that really came to inspire others and to uh share my. Experiences and um, the journey that I went through because I started really late. I was never a model growing I like, up.
0: I like the expression you said just now though. I, if you're if you're always ready, you never have to be ready. That was, yeah, that's really powerful.
1: Yeah, you don't have to get ready if you if you stay ready. Yeah. So it's staying ready, and I think that is another thing that people always ask me. Oh, you look really young for your age. What is it? What's your secret? I'm like, uh, I'm always auditioning, and it's not really auditioning. It's like. I'm always on the go. I always need to prove myself. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes like we, even now in the pandemic, I know a lot of people like, oh, like they, they take a little bit of a break from doing things. And you know, that break is a problem because yes, nobody sees you, but when you have to pick up the pace, it basically like you pay the, like it's double, double price because you're paying the price of the break you took and the makeup of the time. And it goes for everything for, you know, like, let's say you gain weight, right? So now you have to lose and maintain, or if you not, it's just basically maintaining is so important. It's almost like you're never ready in this business and you know it for for sure. So when the student is ready, the teacher will come. You can be like uh, sitting at home and all of a sudden you get that phone call, I'm like, Hey, can you do so and so? I'm like, ah, uh, no. Let me just go and study the language. No, you gotta be ready. <laughs> you
0: gotta be ready. Yeah, it's it's so true. It, you know, it's so true too. Even in sports, you know, it's like, you know, if, if you know any kind of profession, like professional actors, modeling, uh, sports, it's uh, you have to be ready. You have to keep yourself. And I and I gotta I gotta say, guys, I've been I've been guilty of slipping. You know, I slip and I fall out. I, I don't have the quite the the mentality that Mira does. And I've got, no, it's great. I love it. I love it because I've, I've recently after like, I don't know, it was about probably five or six weeks. I was like, you know what? I've, I've been working out cause I've been working out since I was seven years old wrestling. Right. And I never stopped because I went right into acting. It was like, Oh, you got to look this way. You got to, you know, you got to appear this way. So it was just constant. I finally hit 41 years old and I was like, I need a break. I've been doing this
1: changes. Yes. I, I, but, I have, but to say, it's I, not like it looks,
0: <laughs> Trust well, me. I got, I got back at it. I swear I've, I've been, I've been hitting it again. And I got to say the rewards are great, but it is, it's harder. You got, yeah. you, you know, the, the, the look and the, the ready that you feel that you're ready, it takes that much longer and that much more conditioning. So by just doing a little bit every day, maybe keeps you ready.
1: Yeah, especially this year, it's definitely hard. I, I'm not where I, where I was last year, let's put it this way. So I'm not as ready as you think I am, but I am getting back there. No, and I, I, and I, I, I truly think that the difference is not, can, can I be honest? The difference is the fact that not just that this profession is what it is, the fact that I'm single. Do you know how hard it is to be single? You got to keep your mm, together yeah. <laughs> because no one gives up. <laughs> there's no forgiveness. There's huh? no forgiveness. So when you're in a relationship, you get a little bit more li- there's leeway. You can, you know, you've always yeah. So that really uh, it's the blessing and the curse.
0: Sure, sure, it is. And one of the other sayings, because I love the last one, is "be the person you want to meet." How does that advice apply? Oh
1: my God, yes. Well, it started really when I was uh, in acting school. Um, no, actually back in the, in the dancing school, but I was in a a Broadway dance center, ballet arts, and I went to Strasburg, then I went to Atlantic theater. I went to so many schools, but the point is every time, you know, as a student, I used to go to those parties and kind of mingle around. I was always very good at networking and mingling, but it's like that thing of, oh, I want to meet those producers, (laughs) you know, or I want to meet those directors or those investors or these are the. And I, I, it was just annoying to feel that always like I have to be looking up to someone that I want to meet. And as I grew older and got smarter, I just realized that I just want to be that person I want to meet. So who do I want to meet? Okay, what does it take to be that? Okay, let's go. And it became like a mantra that I basically um, started to become that. And that's how I evolved with my dancing, nutrition, fitness, uh, acting, producing, uh, philanthropy, uh, entrepreneur, like just all kinds of things. So
0: the mantra that you're saying specifically speaks to me because of all the young women that are out there that are, you know, they're struggling with identity. They're struggling with themselves, um, and struggling with the image, you know, what we see on social media, we see, and you know, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily, but at the same time, you know, they need to be able to um, find themselves. And there's a lot of women out there that support each other in this day and age. And this kind of uh, mantra or this kind of uh, perspective could really help a young girl coming into her own.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, so that's one thing. The second mantra that I have is really reminding myself that we all listen in from WIFM, which is kind of what's in it for me, or WIFT, which is what's in it for them. So on the same token, when you when you meet someone that maybe is above you on certain levels, whether it's investor or producer or uh politician or someone who you know you look up to, um not to worry about so much where you are at, because we are on different journeys and sometimes they meet I mean not sometimes, many times they're ahead of you, but that does not mean that you cannot be ahead of them in no time. So when you interact to know okay, what can you add? How much value can you add into the conversation for them? Or what can you bring for them? Because they're listening from what's in it for them. Same way as when you come to a meeting, you're like, what's in it for me? And it's, it's most of people, most of the time, we don't say it, but when you start listening to conversation and, and really admitting it, you, it's easier. You just get, um, how would I say that? You You relate much better because you you make the other f- person feel like their, their time is valuable. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. I mean, I grew up in the industry. I started at 17 years old in in the industry to, to reiterate and you know, there's, there's, you know, it, I didn't know the answers to those questions. I I was just an innocent kid and to say that I wasn't taken advantage of many times and not knowing what was in it for them or what was in it for me. Um, you know, men and women. It was uh, you know, there were a lot of people, especially in the Hollywood scene, you know, it was, you know, they just they saw just this this young kid ripe for the picking. And to have that understanding and have that other mantra that you're talking about, you know, that's the, you know, that's the, that that will that that relates to every person in, you know, any job across the world. You know, you should make sure you understand the situation you're allowing yourself to get into um, and 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 understanding what they want. And what out of it?
1: Yeah, I I use it a lot now, especially because I I feel that uh, this past year, besides my book, I've been working a lot more with my production company, um, going more towards consulting and management. And the consulting is really teaming up, almost like a matchmaker for businesses so because i'm a very good matchmaker but for businesses is different like i have a lot of different uh investors and um uh wealthy people that you know made the, the businesses super successful but on the same token you know there's all those startup companies especially from israel and they're looking for a match and when you come in and you just you kind of realize what each one needs it's so much easier it's almost like sitting above and looking down below you and see. okay, this one needs this, this one needs that. Let me just make them, you know, make a match and boom, I want to see the light bulb. And if I see that, I'm like, yay, I made magic, but it doesn't happen all the time. But if I think of what can I add value to this one and how can this, this one add value to that one, that's the only way, basically, the meeting could could, um, be fruitful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You you know, one thing I'm gathering from you, you know, just talking with you Mira is that you have such a great, positive outlook you got such great energy um, how do you keep this going in the midst of a pandemic
1: i don't stop to look down i always look up so i feel that the more the busier i'll get the more i want uh, the less i'll think of uh the hardship that we're having right now and trust me it's it's very hard especially when i wake up in the morning and the first thing i do is reach out to my phone which is a mistake i know <laughs> and and then I get all the stuff from Israel, which I have all kinds of different people getting me different, you know, some political, some like conspiracy, some, you know, reality, all kinds of different things. And I, do I want to relate to that or not? Uh, what it, what was my day if I didn't look at my phone? So it, it, it's one of the things that I, it's a struggle like everybody else. Every day I think, okay, what are my to-do list of the day? And how much can I do more versus be? Because... I'm I'm definitely better doing than um like better sitting doing than uh, how would I say sitting that?
0: around sitting around and being
1: a I, I'm a, I'm a doer more than yeah yeah I, I, yeah I'm all about moving the plot forward so that's the only thing that makes me happy if I feel like I've done stuff it's a good day if I just talked about things it's a bad day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. because talk is, you know uh, talk is talk you know
1: it's My, good it's inspiring we need it but it's just uh, okay and let's good to the doing
0: yeah yeah exactly exactly get right to it yeah okay. let me ask you this you, you, you you've been married twice and mm-hmm. you we're actually married to a count so that makes you truly a, a countess in yeah. your second marriage what was that like
1: Well, I actually did. uh, So yes, I was married twice. My first, my first marriage was uh, to an Israeli guy. And uh, that's where I have my son from. Mm -hmm. It was a short marriage. We were only married two years. We were very different, even though we came from the same um, village in a way. (laughs) He was from Haifa, from Herzliya. But, you know, he was a Wall Street guy back then. I was completely uh, an artist. So we clashed in a way with strong personality. I have an amazing son who's 22 years old and that was the first marriage. The second marriage was six years later. And, um, yes, he was a French count from ex-Provence and one amazing man that we still best friends. And, um, we lived, you, we've been married for eight years. Uh, I kind of raised these two daughters. Uh, they were 14, 16. My son was six at the time. So we had a beautiful eight years together. Um, and Years, several years ago I remember I did an article um, interview for People magazine and I think I wanted to I, I talked about my ring because I have a beautiful uh, ring and I said oh I, I need to maybe sell it or something and and I said that I, I'm a former countess." So like you're a former countess, why are you married now? I said, no I'm not married yet but yet <laughs> it's always a yet um, but it's um, it's like oh if you have not been divorced you're still a countess. I'm like Oh, really? I haven't even like used it for so many years. And I got back to my maiden name, Tsur, because being a countess, I was mirat Tzor Therob. It's from the Therog lineage. Mm-hmm. Having said that, it was a wonderful marriage. Um, it is really notoriety. There's no n- nothing that special about it, but the fact that um, it's it's a beautiful thing to just, you know, have. Sure. But I tell you, I've always brushed with royalty. I don't know why. It just happened to be because I've didn't mention that after Monaco, I, the year after, I went to work for uh, King Hassan III. So that was another big deal, like going to three different palaces, Marrakech, <laughs> Casablanca, and Rabat, uh, and staying for 10 days in a royalty treatment, just like three of us, uh, three three different dancers that he chose. So that was amazing. And um, yeah, all kinds of different, you know, royalty stories. I don't know. And,
0: it's funny. It's funny you say that because... Um, so. Before I married my beautiful wife, I I dated a Gemini actually, and she was a twin. They were twins, um, and she was a very good golfer, and she won this uh, this international golf competition that took us to Windsor. Um, and she asked me, obviously we were dating at the time, we're still together, um, and she asked me to go to Windsor. And you know, we part of the experience was to dine at Windsor Castle with the Duke of Edinburgh. And, and so of course I'm, you know, the whole week I'm there, I'm at this point in my life, I golf now, but I, I wasn't a golfer then. So I was spending time at the pub and there was the guy that was putting on the whole thing. And he was really interesting. I had no idea really who he was, except that he was somehow involved with the tournament and we would, you know, the night of the actual dining with the Duke. This guy came up to me, his name was Richard, and he had this real sort of hofty English accent. (laughs) And and he, uh, you know, he asked me if I was having a good time. I said, yeah, I can believe in a million years in my history books that it'd be in Windsor Castle. He's like, come with me, but tell no one. And so the next thing you know, he's taking me through the kitchen, which is the oldest part of the castle. It's like 1175. Next thing you know, he's walking me down. I probably shouldn't even be telling this. He goes, you see this carpet? It's red, right? It's royal carpet. You're not allowed to walk on it. Come with me. And took me down to uh, Princess Victoria's swimming pool. And in the center was Prince Charles' mock-up polo horse. And it was just like, I was just so fascinated. So I became so fascinated. I got this book. I'm going to tell you the story, make a long story short because I don't really ever talk much about myself on these things, but um, we, uh, I pick up this book to read on the plane on the way home about Windsor Castle. And sure enough, there's Richard. He's been the number one, he was the number one bodyguard for almost the entire run of the, you know, the queen he's the queen's you know, right hand. And he even, like, we, we were in, but one part of the wing, he's like, directly above us, the queen is in stay. You know, like, I was like, okay, all right.
1: Wow. So, I love, no, I love those stories. I
0: mean, I'm mean, i just an old redneck that just, like, you know, got to hobnob with some royalty. But you sounds like your stories are fascinating. Oh, no,
1: it's all, the grass is always greener on the other side, but it's not true at all. It's just the same stories. So, I mean, you know, it's just fun for me to actually enjoy talking about it normally. I don't even like to talk. For years, I haven't been talking about all these stories because it's kind of like I don't like talking about the past. It's one thing about Gemini, is we don't like to talk about the past so much. Uh, it feels like it's uh, it's making me older if I talk about the past. Oh, you don't have stories from now or later? Why are you talking about the past? But now that everything is, is shut down, I'm like living the past because it's just. Uh, yeah, it's right cool now. Life. And also because I'm getting more comfortable in my skin that I'm okay now. I don't have to prove myself. I mean, I. You know, we always do but i'm just saying it's okay to talk about the past for a second and that's, appreciate it
0: yeah that's a good point to make you know for our listeners especially being a mental health podcast is being comfortable in your skin and being oh, able yeah. to acknowledge you know your past your present your future who you are as a person i mean that's such you know, such a great point
1: yeah i say that aging is uh you know aging is basically lost youth but gained wisdom because that's really what it is <laughs> so I am much more comfortable, even though, like, yeah, we're getting older. But I'm much more comfortable in my skin, so I guess it's it's worth it. Yeah, worth
0: it. (laughs) It Absolutely, it's worth it. Getting old is not, you know, older is not a bad thing. You know, we we learn so much, and I mean, I'm I'm definitely not the human I was 10 years ago. Uh, I'm much more sophisticated.
1: Yeah, (laughs) sure (laughs) you are. (laughs) We get better with time. It's growing up is inevitable, but getting old is definitely an, uh, optional. So. so tell me a little bit about Grapestars. Well, Grapestars is um, a new platform for, for celebrities and branding um, to be able to sell liquor, uh, wine, and spirits uh, on their social media. So it's almost like an Uber or the Amazon of, uh, of wine and spirits. And it's an incredible platform. It's new. It is, there's an app. Um, and we're creating a, a reality document series, so I'm involved with that. It's very brand new, so I'm not going to elaborate much about it. But I'm super excited.
0: Nice. Well, um, I love we love wine in my house, and if I can if I can so sell it off of my social, I'll be the first one to sign up.
1: Exactly, because you can you, you you have to sell it through another platform. So this is the platform we're talking about. You can't sell it directly. Um, right. right. Exciting. So it's that. It's also we talked about me uh, creating a podcast for. Anonymously Famous, which is super exciting because I have like 21 uh, interviews in the book and I would love to bring those business uh, and uh, industry professional into life and have an interview with them so they can talk about their um, experiences and journey. Um, also bring all kinds of different people that um been doing this business for so long and has never been... Um, Promoting it, like, like me, for example, for 25 years, I never even talked about commercial pre-modeling. I always talked about everything else, whether it's the nutrition, the fitness, the acting, the producing, nothing about modeling. But all of a sudden, you, know, you kind of look back at your shadow and you're like, wow, what's really been there for me? What really is my big source of income? And you turn around and like, you know what? This business, yes, it's, uh, it's on, and on and off and it is a part-time, but it's always been there for me. So why not talking about what's present versus what you're chasing. So that's kind of what I want to bring up and inspire inspire others to really dive into something that no matter what you do as your your primary, as a secondary, you can do this business um, because you are the, the navigator of your um, your journey. So you are the driver, not the passenger. And uh, I love it. I just love this industry, and I want to inspire others to jump in if we're here long enough, it's because we have more to do. And that brings me, actually, if you don't mind, I'll jump into something you asked me, and I did not respond. You asked me something about relationships and about my philosophy about it. Yeah. And as I'm saying it to you, I'm just thinking of my dad that I kept saying to him, my I, my mom passed two years ago, and it was a really hard um, uh, battle for, to, can, for, to cancer, losing her. And uh, because he stayed longer, we always thought he was going to go first because he was always prone to accidents and more, um, less cautious than her. She was always very very safe. Um, so I remember telling him and trying to inspire him, um, that if God kept kept you here longer, that means you have something to do. There's a a mission incomplete. You got to keep going. And I always look at that for me to, to me as well. Uh, like the fact that I don't have more kids, for example, I have only one and I raised another two, but with the divorce came the, you know, that I left with one. So, okay, it's always a question of like, how come or like, was that a something I should be sorry about? And I know that we are always in the right place where we're supposed to be. So if it didn't happen, it's because something else is waiting for for me. And I know it's career wise. So I, I'm a big believer that my best is yet to come, and. Uh, that brings me to the philosophy of life that we are really at the end of the back to the relationship. And I'm closing that circle
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that we, we really here alone and we are living, we, we were born alone and we will live. that we die alone. And in between is the, uh, the people that we meet along the way that make us make our journey very special. So we should really choose them carefully. But, um, that's my philosophy as far as like when we come to relationships, like know that nothing is forever. Um, you, you wish it forever. Of course you're always there for forever, but even that forever is not forever because even in good times, God takes us at the end. So it's, uh, you know, many times people ask, Oh wow, well you've been divorced. Or you've been divorced from someone you love and it was an amazing marriage. Well, yeah, it was, well, we die at the end. So should we say that life is not, wasn't a good life because we die. No, it was a good life. We just, (laughs) it's going to end. So I just like everything else, you take it almost like in the Buddhist approach that nothing is to keep.
0: Yeah, sure. Okay. I like that. I like that. And, you know, just make it what you want it it to be while you're here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that story with you. No, of
1: course. And then uh, the last thing we didn't talk about probably is like the whole philanthropy. I mean, you are so, you're very involved in philanthropy and. Um, this podcast is sponsored and is to inspire kids. Tell me about it a little bit. I, it's so exciting for me to share my story with them, the audience.
0: Yeah, well, Boys Town, of course, they've been around since the Great Depression. You know, the Great Depression was um, a really horrible time here in the, in the U.S. And kids at the, as young as eight years old were being sent out by their parents and say, "We can't can't feed you. You you just got to go find somebody or some work to to find and um, there was, uh, an immigrant, uh, by the name of father Flanagan, a, a Catholic priest, and he, he had a church and he knew that a lot of kids were being displaced and he just decided to take them all in all of them and made sure that they all got fed. Um, and it became the base of a very famous movie with Spencer Tracy and Mickey, uh, Rooney called Boystown of the same name. And, um, it won the Oscar. It was uh, Oscar nominated. I think Mickey won that year, Spencer Tracy, um, one of the other, they either one of them, they were both were nominated. One of, I forget who won, but it was a very well-received movie, very beautiful movie. Um, but I had seen the movie and I didn't realize that Boys Town was actually a real thing. They have since, um, have changed the lives of, hundreds of thousands of children, um, displaced children that might be in situations of abuse or, um, you know, uh, you name it, you you name the, the, the issue that's maybe going on in the home and maybe, you know, parents are in jail or something. And now this is an actual city. It's a city that has its own judicial system. They have their own courthouse, they have their own post office. It's called, it's called Boys Town USA. Um, and I got involved with him a long time ago and I'm, and I love being involved with different charities. And I guess, as I've gotten older too, it, 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 it's part of, you know, who we are, our fabric and it's necessary, necessary for me to, to walk and live and breathe and be able to feel okay about all the good things that have happened to me in my life, to be able to make sure that I'm spreading the word and and helping uh, others and being a father that became very, uh, an up priority to me. Um, so, yeah. So with that being said, Boys Town is a great organization and um, and we're doing uh, a lot to try to change lives one at a time. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how, about, how about you?
1: So, well, I've been involved in three different organizations through the years. I mean, maybe more, but three more active. Um, and it, it feels like I keep collecting them as I go because sometimes I, I go into something, I help out for whether it's a charity event or something, and then I get drawn in and, and I kept you know, uh, uh, going on with that organization. But the one that I'm very strong about is one is, uh, kids with burn injuries. So there's, um, uh, burn advocates is an organization that, um, help all kinds of burn victims from, uh, uh cooking, even uh, you know, accidents or abuse, or, I mean, especially in the Israeli Arab sector, you know, could be bombing, could be, um, um all kinds of uh, religion you know candles and and sure. um, and they have a we have camps in uh, Brazil Israel and India and kids meet once a year for a week um, they pretty much connect over music it's a musical camp but on the same token they come all covered up with their you know shirts hiding their scars and by the time they um, you know end up the week they Comparing notes on their scars, the point of this organization really is uh, raising money for laser centers and um, around the world but last uh, two years ago i uh, we, we went to Israel to uh, raise money for the first pediatric laser center, which really makes such a big difference because if they don't do conventional uh, con- conventional um, surgeries laser can can make such a big difference because if you if you take care of the scar when it's when it's at early stage, you don't have uh, the emotional scar and the physical, emotional, physical, and you know, really like a uh, mental um damage that you have through uh, childhood. So more laser centers, more uh kids being saved from that. And so that's one, one organization, the kids with burn injuries, um, and iPearl, which is the Israeli Pediatric Laser Center. Uh, The other one is uh, in Bali. I've spent a lot of time in Bali, uh, Indonesia, with my ex-husband. Again, raising uh, awareness for education um, through poverty education. I mean, if you sponsor kids from first grade all the way until high school, you obviously uh, create less poverty because they're able to gain more education. So those are the two that I'm very active with um because i used to go twice a year for bali i took a lot of footage um whether it's for documentary and uh stills and we created um, lots of content and um yeah i mean there's just the cancer society i mean there's like a a promise i mean I, i you name it i love philanthropy and if i was in a different place in life right now i would definitely want to um do more work it's just a matter of time and how I can, you know, just only 24 hours. you got the same yeah. time. <laughs> I was just
0: gonna say, is there anything that you can't do?
1: Well, yeah, but again,
0: it's, you know, it's,
1: like a of all trades, masters of some. This, so I don't know. I, uh, there
0: doesn't seem to be anything that you can't tackle. And that's very, very inspiring to all of our listeners and all the teens and the kids that are going to be checking out the podcast. And of course their parents too. Uh, so, so thank you for that. Mira, tell, tell us how people can keep up with you and all of the great activities that you're doing.
1: Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I'm trying to keep up with myself, by, by the way. but <laughs> Well, it just um, definitely my Instagram. I, I love uh, posting on Instagram, and I'm pretty much of an open book. So if you don't hear from me two days, like if nothing happens, uh, you should be worried. <laughs> 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 people know. Um, you
0: very active on, on, on social media. Uh,
1: yeah, so it's Mira.Zor um and also i have anonymously famous 2020 which is another uh site but in my instagram of course there's a link tree which brings you to my website my mirror to website with my work and then the one circle productions which is a production company and, and consulting and then the uh i have do not even talk about but there's like a uh superfood and 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 uh, skincare line that i'm very involved in very uh as, um, big advocate for um And then there's, of course, I started a clothing line, which I got to get back to eventually. (laughs) So I would say Instagram first, because that would give you a lineup of everything else I do. And hopefully the movies will be soon.
0: Yeah. So so make sure you guys check out Mira on Instagram. You know, go to her link tree, which, which I have on mine. And a lot of people are becoming very familiar with that. It's the link under your bio, and it will lead you to a whole soliloquy of other things that are happening in and Mira's fascinating live and all the people that uh, you might see that have that same link. So just a little education. I've had to educate a few people about it. Cause I say, you know, hey, click the link in my bio and they're like, how do I watch your podcast? Or I listen to your podcast, click the link in my bio. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah.
1: Very good link because you're able to put all of the stuff together under one link. So it's really amazing. And of course, buy the book at Amazon, on Amazon.
0: Oh yeah. well, that exactly. How can we? How can they buy your book on Amazon?
1: Yes, on, of course, on the same link, same link tree, but um, on Amazon, just anonymously famous, and uh, or through my uh, Instagram. But it really is educational book and inspirational. And honestly, it's not about me. It's not a mem- memoir. I mean, there's a bit about my journey and how I touched every one of the things I'm talking about. It's not like I read about them and I wrote. I literally touched every one of the things I'm talking about because I had to make ends meet. Because if you only do one thing, you can make a living. I'm sorry. So I had to do, whether it's the print and the animation and the voiceover and the commercial and the movies and the uh, just everything that I mentioned there, um, I touched. So it, it gives a big uh, spectrum to someone entering uh, knowing what's available. So you might, anyone can find what to do in this business. And it is, again, for the 99% population, not the 1% genetic freak of nature. So it's for... Anyone who is fascinated by the industry.
0: Yeah, but it's so true. It's so true. I mean, as an artist, it's a tough, it's a tough road. And you have to do a little bit of everything.
1: Yeah, you got to juggle.
0: To stay, to stay going and make sure you feed the one passion. One passion feeds the other passion. And, you know, I, I know that very well. It's, uh, uh,
1: and you know, it's like, a, it's, like the, it's really like the juggle in I mean, the physical world, because you keep juggling two balls. And when you, when you realize you're really good at that, you can add the third one. And you asked me earlier, how do I do all of the things? because it's not like I'm doing four together. when this is going like this, I can't even look at it. I can put another one, so I don't think of it, and only when you're ready with a three, you can put the fourth one, and that's how you keep you know bringing more stuff to your life. But again, at one point, you just you know how much can you do and really be effective so that's another question that you know I struggle with all the time, but as I get older, I'm okay to know that. What if I just be more wide and not that deep? Some people are very deep into two, three things, yeah. and they always, oh, you got to focus. You got to. Why do I have to focus? Explain to me why do I have to focus on two things when I can actually do four things? Okay, it's okay. Just ex- accept yourself, knowing who you are, and go with that. That's.
0: I love, it. I love it. You're so inspiring. I and I want to thank you so much for being one of the most interesting guests. My oh friend, my God. I a chance to talk you. to um, You're not only beautiful on the outside, you're so beautiful on the inside too. And I think that's really guys, what matters the most. Um, I wish you continued success. We're going to have to definitely come back and uh, reconvene when you've got your podcast up. If there's yes. anyone out there who's considering becoming a model or trying their hand at the modeling career, read Mira's book, Anonymously Famous. It's a must read. Uh, and, and if, you're only aspiring models. It's, it's not just for them. It's, it's, it's for anyone who really wants to be the best version of themselves at any age. So thank you, Mira. Thank
1: you so much. Unbelievable. What an experience. Thank you so much, Jacob.
0: Thank you. And now a word from our sponsors. Real Conversations is proud to announce our partnership with Lane Frost brand. We'll be doing a monthly giveaway of a different item each and every month. So be sure to enter. All you have to do is follow at Real Conversations with Jacob on Instagram, tag two friends, and be sure to download the latest episode of my podcast. And in the meantime, make sure you check out all the amazing merchandise for the whole family at lanefrost.com. Today's Real Conversations is brought to you by Penny Straws by Pasta Snacks. I love these things, guys. It's the go-to chip alternative. The delicious taste, the perfect crunch, the low calorie ingredients are offered in the shape of actual penne pasta noodles. Now they're gluten-free, seasoned to perfection, and offered in a variety of tasty plant-based flavors such as cinnamon churro, marinara, lemon garlic, mac and cheese, and my favorite sweet pepper. It's got a little kick. They're made with all natural ingredients, lentils and white beans. Results are robust taste. Crispy texture throughout this low calorie snacks are gently baked. It's a healthy snack option for the entire family to enjoy available at top food retailers like Safeway, Albertsons, Market Basket. And you can buy them online too. www.pastasnacks.com. And right now, a portion of all pasta snack proceeds will be donated to the Ryan Seacrest Foundation. So you can enjoy a healthy, tasty snack and know you're doing the right thing. Now, who doesn't like snacking? perhaps on pasta snacks while watching a movie i just watched as long as i'm famous now it's a feature film produced by broadwood media written and directed by showbiz veteran bruce reisman set in 1948 as long as i'm famous is now streaming on amazon it's inspired by real events of hollywood and broadway's golden age among the impressive ensemble cast is a good friend of mine from baywatch david chokichi portraying 1926 boxing champ gene tooney now, the movie also focuses on a previously untold secret gay romance between Hollywood icon Montgomery Clift and then up and comer Sidney Lumet. Other real life legends are Richard Rogers of the Rogers and Hammerstein fame and the Pulitzer Prize winning playwright director Joshua Logan. Now, as long as I'm famous, it's become an audience favorite on Amazon. And I'm going to be talking more about it when its star, David Chokichi, appears as my guest on Real Conversations. More to come. I'd now like to bring on the manager of Boystown National Hotline and our resident professional, Chris Hallstrom. It's always a great day when I get to talk to you, Chris. Same to you, Jacob. So Mira's interview was very interesting. She's led such a diverse life. Uh, imagine being a ballerina at a very young age and having that dream. And of course, in her native country of Israel, she suddenly was like every you know, a young child, te- a teenager going in, it's mandatory to go into the military. So suddenly that dream of dancing was dashed to, to, so she can serve her country. That must play a major role, especially if you're, you know, somebody who's trying to do something within the arts or any profession for that matter.
2: Her story was fascinating. I just, to hear the diversity, it's not like um, two things that were were connected being a ballerina and being in the military were two very different things. And I think probably what it impressed me the most was just her resiliency. Uh, although she kind of got sidetracked for a while, she jumped back in and, um, was able to, uh, still be involved in the things that she wanted to continue to perform and
0: yeah, she did continue to perform, whether it was modeling. I know she performed in, in Monte Carlo. We talked a little bit about that and she was able to perform for Kings and Queens and, and you know, it's pretty fascinating stuff, (laughs) which, which why she has such a fascinating life. But some of the things that really stuck out to me is some of her mantras in life and those things we all can live by.
2: Exactly, and I loved those. Uh, The the first one that she mentioned about um, if you're ready all the time, you don't have to get ready. So be ready and stay ready, so you don't have to get ready. I'm not quoting her exactly on that, close enough, hopefully. Um, When I first heard her talking about that, my I immediately went to physically ready. Right? I mean, she's a model; she's beautiful. She can't gain a lot of weight because she won't be ready if. if, if she's called in to do something, but then I started to think about um, how can you be mentally ready right. or emotionally ready for everything that that is going to come down the line. So it's not always about physical appearance, but I think um, taking care of yourself physically helps prepare you to always be mentally and emotionally ready, you know, getting enough sleep, taking care of yourself, eating right, exercising. Um, but it's just the whole piece of understanding that you never know what's going to come around the corner your life can be going great. And suddenly you're faced with some adversity and how are you going to be able to, um, handle that? How are you going to meet those things? And with her, like like I talked about with the resiliency, she had to be resilient in in the situation she was put in.
0: Right. Specifically in her life. Too. He, you know, she, you know, wanted to be a dancer, a performer. She, you know, had made a career in modeling. And you really need to, just like an actor like myself, you have to be, you have to be conscious of what's going in your body. You've got to be conscious of making sure that you're working out. You've got to be conscious that you're mentally prepared for all that. And she really makes a lot of great points, especially in her book, Anonymously Famous. And I think it's great. It's great advice. And I think any career, really, you can take a bite of that apple out of it. It can reflect in so many, everybody's life, really.
2: Right. And it, I think to some degree, we, we all have to choose to be strong and choose to be ready to deal with life's um, issues that come up. Um, and in the moment of crisis is not the time to prepare yourself to be ready. Um, it's be ready ahead of time. Cause there are going to be curves in the road and you just have to be ready to deal with what comes ahead of you, you know, and, and you can take on the role of, um, I want to say being a victim, but just letting things happen, um, and not try and take control when you can. Um, and, and I, that's just probably not a healthy way to do it. So what can you do to be prepared, um, and be resilient when those hardships come around?
0: Yeah. Make sure you're emotionally prepared. Make sure you're physically prepared. I mean, even if it's a little bit of activity in between, it definitely, you know, if you if you feel good, you're going to be prepared for that conversation you're going to have for that day or the your boss or your other uh, people that are working side by side with you. Again, we've talked about this. You never know what's happening in somebody else's life and how it's going to impact your day. So if you're always ready, you're never going to have to be
2: ready. Exactly. I kind of this is maybe a bad analogy um, related to Mira, but in my head, I started to think about when you play dodgeball, like what a wicked game.
0: (laughs) that is! But
2: but you know what the rules are and you have to be prepared. Right. You know, people are going to throw balls at you. um, You know that you have to dodge and duck and everything else. So what do you need to do to psych up to be prepared to play the game of life, which is very much like dodgeball? Um, You can you can be a victim or you can jump in there and grab that ball and throw it right back.
0: Or you can use that ball to bounce it right off of you.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So no, I'm not out. You're out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Better than cowering in the corner um, and not being ready to play the game of life. So um, I just thought that was uh, that mantra that she had, I thought was really useful.
0: She also said something that was really interesting It's a great takeaway. Be the person you'd like to meet.
2: I absolutely thought that was a great way to look at life. It's so easy. Um, maybe to idealize other people um, and put them up on a pedestal, but, but look at yourself. What can you do to improve yourself? You know, there's um, you're worthy. So you sometimes you have to make the effort. If you're talking to somebody that um that you want to make an impression on, you have to say things or do things, compliment, give them eye contact. Um, But being the person you want to meet, I thought was a really cool analogy.
0: She she also was saying things about, because she's met so many interesting people over the years, including meeting one of her ex-husbands who was a count and she became a countess. So I think that really plays into the idea of be the person you'd like to meet, because you never know who you're going to meet. And if you're your authentic self at every moment, then everybody will also be able to see that authentic, you know, authenticity of right. who you are. And maybe it's a match made in heaven. Maybe it's not, but if you, if you're always the true you um, and not, not pretending to be something that you wish you were. And right. I thought, I thought that was really powerful as, you know, in my career, I know, it's everything because my whole industry is people acting or pretending to be something that they're not. And right. so that even goes into what's, what's real and what's not. And that even goes into meetings. A lot of times I've sat with agents, I've sat with managers, I've sat with PR teams and they're all trying to sell hard sell things. They're hard selling you. Right and, and and you're going like, they're putting words in my mouth, but if you can, but if you can somehow shine through all of that and be right. the authentic you and allow that to shine through, then I think that's a really nice, nice way to look at life.
2: Right. Well, and it also just made me think, cause she talked in terms of um, uh, being a, a model, being um, a, a role model or an example for other people. Um, and, and it kind of goes along with that. So um, be the person you want to meet. Who are those role models in your life that you can model yourself after? Um, who are those people that make you feel better just by being around them? Um, and look at what they do for others. And then can I do that same thing for people too? So yeah, i she put in a, a couple really interesting things in there. And I think really good wisdom for adults and kids alike.
0: Right. And she said also, you know, life is a journey. We're never a finished product. We can learn, we can always grow and become a better, ourselves, our, 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 a better unique self.
2: Right. And if if we ever think that we're a finished product, we failed. I mean, you really mm. have to continue to improve and whatever it is, it may be small things. It may be physically, it may be. Um, behaviors that we engage in, habits, hobbies. There's so many things that, that you can do. Cause like she said, there's there's um, birth and death and everything in between. So make it the best you can do. So best yeah, life possible. Super important. Yep.
0: And we make our we can make our best life possible if if we're struggling with that, we can always reach out to your life, your voice. We can always reach out to the Boys Town National Hotline, of course, if we're feeling that we need that extra assistance. They're there to help guys. Um, Chris, again, thank you so much for all of your thoughts and your wisdom that you bring us every episode.
2: Well, I enjoy being a part of it. It's fascinating to listen to all the people that you interview and there's pearls of wisdom in everybody's life story. So I appreciate being a part of this. It's
0: so true. We, we can really find relatable items out of everybody's life because guys, we're all just human beings and we're all marching around this planet and we don't know what's going to happen. Eight seconds from now, we don't know what's going to happen a year from now. So if you don't ever have to be ready or what is it? <laughs> be ready. So be you ready, never so have you to have be ready. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm misquoting Miss Mira uh because I need to probably take that advice into consideration more often. But again, we don't know what the future holds. So, You know, live each day the best you can. And if it means reaching out for help, go get the help. And that's about all the time that we have for today. Real Conversations with Jacob Young, the mental health podcast is sponsored by Boys Town. At Boys Town, their slogan is, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. For over 100 years, Boys Town has been saving children and healing families. And they're only one call away. And they're always there to help. Please go to Boystown.org for all the details on how to access Boystown's behavioral health services, or simply go to yourlifeyourvoice.org. And if you're in need or in crisis, you can call them. And for immediate help, please call the trained counselors at the Boystown National Hotline at 800-448-3000 or text VOICE to 20121. Thanks for joining me on Real Conversations. I'm Jacob Young. Till next time. Love yourself and love each other. Real Conversations with Jacob Young is a production of the Empire Podcast Network. For more information on this podcast or any of our podcasts, please visit empirepodnet.com.